Who are you? I'm no one. This is uh, the Timmy Time of the Bad Fan Revolution podcast. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I say any time soon? You made it. Just barely. Okay. Nah, just kidding. You got plenty of time to spare. <laughs> okay, good. Just as long as we get that in there, because if we don't, then Dustin's going to, you know, he's going to hunt us down. His, <laughs> We're going to be the podcast uh, on the run. With his Jedi mind tricks and stuff. He's going <laughs> to trick us into thinking that. We're safe and secure, but he's just going to pop out of nowhere and kill us. Remember how in our earlier episodes, every time we'd ended, we always say he was a Jedi Master? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's going to come back yeah, to us if we, if we fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, Tim, how dare you offend Dustin like that? He's a Grand Master. Oh, yeah, that's right, yes. Yeah, he's like Yoda <laughs> in, the, in the original trilogy. Well, Yoda was, was the Grand Master in the prequels, too. Oh, was he? Well, he was a leader of the Jedi Council. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but do you just assume that? Well, yeah, yeah I assume. <laughs> I don't think, especially with the new canon now, if it's ever been established, like his official title was Grand Master, but I view mm. him as such because there was no one more older, experienced, and more powerful than he was, except maybe Anakin during like the very end of episode three i mean that would have been a cool fight to see actually anakin versus yoda in his prime <laughs> yeah wonder who would have won i know that's a, that's a good question because anakin is the chosen one and tbs obi-wan said in episode one a higher midi-chlorian count than yoda so he definitely has the potential to be more powerful it's i think it's well, one I mean, of those things if experience plays a big factor and then yoda would have the edge yeah yeah but yoda couldn't even take out palpatine 
that's true. So, I think Yoda would have been dead if he fought uh, Vader. But see, Palpatine has that experience factor too. So that's mm. uh, I don't know. It's a, we got to write a, a well. Those old comics were called Star Wars Infinities, whatever the what if stories, which are really cool yeah. for the original trilogy. I right. wish they did them for the prequel. I think that would have been cool. And I don't think it would have had a Yoda versus Anakin thing, but <laughs> that would <laughs> definitely would have been cool to see in one of those Infinities comics. Maybe in like one of the novelizations or something. Yeah, something because like. I was just going to say something that's non-canon, but still fun to yeah. me. It's because even like the audio dramas, which is kind of like, I guess you, you could call it the novelization, a novelization yeah. of uh, the original trilogy. They're vastly different from, you know, the, the actual movies. So, Yeah, that's another thing to look forward to with The Force Awakens. I mean, I don't know if they're doing a radio drama or... But I know we're, we're definitely getting a novel, and I always love reading those after seeing yeah. the movie. So, and you, you got to read it. Spoil because it comes yeah. out afterwards. Oh dang it! I was about to say you got to read it before you see the movie. Oh no! <laughs> or when you're waiting for the midnight release, you got to read it. <laughs> see, I probably would have bought it beforehand if it did come out, because that's what I did with the prequels books. But they always just sat on the shelf, and I wouldn't read them until after I saw the movie. As hard as it may be, I was always able to do it. Jeez. But I think how it works, the ebook's going to come out like the day it comes out, the movie. Yeah. But then the actual hardcover won't be out till January. So, well. Yeah, but you see, people are just going to skim through that, through the ebook. Yeah. And they're just going to post spoilers online. Yeah, that's why. Well, you got to see it the day it comes out or the pre, the early Thursday screenings, too. So you, you don't have to worry about those spoilers. Because I just think everyone's going to spoil it when they see the movie, let alone the ebook. Yeah. And it's only, so, we're under two months now. That's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> For a new, uh, finally a new Star Wars movie. That's the one we never thought would happen. And it's only two months away now. <laughs> so crazy, but awesome. Yeah. It's only 60 days away. Less than 60. Less than 60. <laughs> like, what, like 58? I think maybe even less. I should bring up my countdown clock mm-hmm. to verify. It's at least 50, though, right? Yeah, I don't think it's under 50 just yet. Yeah. We have... According to, I, I just bring up the Star Wars official app. 24 days to Battlefront, and then 55 days to The Force Awakens, so... Is uh, is Battlefront any good? I like the beta. It? it was fun. Yeah. I heard it was unbalanced. Um, The Walker Assault mode, which is on Hoth... It, that was seemed a little bit unbalanced. If you're on the Imperial side, you had a better chance of winning, but if you're playing as the Rebels, mm. in, at least in my time playing with it, I lost every match that I was with the Rebels. Yeah, I suck at those kind of those kind of games where you're like fighting somebody else. Yeah, I'm not good either, but it's just fun, though. <laughs> those graphics are amazing, though. That's what makes it so cool, just to be in that Star Wars universe with those amazing yeah. graphics. It was fun. I wonder why they did it like that. Like, uh... Uh, uh, like how they did Battlefront, where you you just uh, select the map and you get paired up with whoever and you go and fight the other side. Yeah, well, a lot of people like those type of shooter styles, so I guess they figured yeah. we'll do it with Star Wars and it'll be successful, and it definitely was with the old games. I'm sure this one's going to be even more successful because everyone's been waiting for a new Battlefront game for 10 years now. Yeah, but you would you would think that 
you know, this close to the release of the movie, that they would do something bigger than that, not just like a arena battle thing. Yeah, I can see that. I just think the name alone, Battlefront, out of every Star Wars game, that's oh, like, what see. fans it's... want. If they put that out there, that's going to sell a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's the name brand. Exactly. And they throw in a little Episode Seven DLC like two weeks before the movie comes out, and that just gets more gamers and fans hyped up for it to play that. I wonder how much money is going to make. Jeez, what, the game or the movie? The movie. Phil, I'm hoping for the new box office records. I'm hoping it beats Titanic and Avatar, but <laughs> i got to keep expectations in check for that. Because every time someone predicts a movie's going to beat Avatar, it never does. Why are people so fascinated with it? I mean, well, like especially Titanic. I mean, it's a, it's a horrible concept. Yeah. <laughs> you know, natural I mean, it's tragedy. A, it's, a, well, it's a love story, romantic movie, but we get yeah. tons of those before. I mean, what set this one apart? Just because it was on the Titanic? and It's like it's a love story, but it's on Titanic. So you automatically think it's a doomed love exactly. connection or whatever. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the movie, you're supposed to like think that this guy that Kate Winslet met once for a couple days on a boat that sank <laughs> changed the rest of her life. <laughs> right. That's what I don't get. I mean, are we really supposed to do that? Yeah, I mean, for it to be the biggest movie that? of all time for a while, like, I yeah. never got it. Uh, you're bringing back bad memories of when we, I had to make that horrible cover art with uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. I don't remember their, yeah. their names. But <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about a good movie. Uh, let's talk about uh, Dark Knight Rises Minute by Minute Commentary. By the way, if you're listening to this and you are a huge fan of the movie Titanic, please tell me what – please tell us what's so appealing about it. I'll be curious because, if we get a response. Because uh, I don't know too many diehard Batman fans who are be Titanic fans. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I'm just looking for that one person to explain it to me because I don't really know anybody that likes that movie like f- fanatically. That's like another that. thing I'm curious about, too. I mean, it made all its money back then, but I wonder if people, if it held up to people as much as it did did it age well for those people who loved it back in the day you mean like the special effects or no just in general just as a movie like if you haven't watched mm. in a while you come back to it almost 20 years later and you go hmm, yeah this wasn't as good as i remember it or something like that i think it will i mean i i, I think it did i mean if they're re-releasing it you know they're doing the re the re-releases you know 3d and then i think they did an imax one i'm sure they did yeah <laughs> And even those made money, so... Just adding to its box office total, making it harder for Star Wars to catch up. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so, yeah, if you know somebody or you you do like Titanic, just please explain it to me, because I have no idea why that movie is so popular. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's talk about The Dark Knight Rises, specifically our minute-by-minute commentary. So grab your... Beta tape, your VHS tape, your HD DVD, your uh, laser disc. Yeah, your laser disc. I'm always uh, here to remind you about the laser disc format. Yep. <laughs> your uh, projector, your um, what's that thing called that like when you buy a DVD or a Blu-ray, you get a digital copy of uh, like violet. Yeah, uh, ultraviolet. 
Ultraviolet, yeah. I don't think anybody does that. No, like actually, buys... I do. Really? Uh-huh. Mm. Just enter the code and you get to stream it on your iPad or iPhone. It's pretty mm. simple. I guess, I guess you're that one nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure a lot of people do it. Um, so for this episode, we're going from minute 47 to 48. We are not even a quarter done. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but we got to Batman finally. We hit that last week. Yeah, yeah. So we got to Batman. That's that's the that's the main thing. We should so. be in a good streak of some good action-packed minutes as we move along with the commentary. Yeah, maybe we'll close close out this year um, with you know just Batman. Scenes. Yeah, maybe the finally. moment when him and Catwoman are in the bat, just flying back to that rooftop. Yeah, that'd be a good place to end it. Can you imagine when when uh when Bane breaks Batman's back? <laughs> like the, all those things after that you know how long yeah it's gonna be <laughs> like it's gonna be like the John Blake and Bruce's couch all over again except yeah. it's gonna be a lot longer it's gonna be like an hour long yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour long um so yeah minute 47 to 48 so just queue up your media and I'm gonna give the countdown so Tim are you ready let's do it alright three, two, one. hit play and now Foley's acting like the hothead, even though he calls John Blake the hothead. <laughs> yep. Has he? Does he have any experience with Batman? I don't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. We never saw him in the, in the Dark Knight. So. Right. This is our first shot at Selena Kyle in her Catwoman outfit. Is it? I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. And it was a great costume too. I mean, remember how oh, all yeah. the complaints it got when it was first to be Yeah. Yeah. People were giving it crap. Yeah. I remember that time, like in the first the IMAX preview, we had that shot where Batman's looking at that uploading screen that Bane's holding. Everyone's like, "What is that? Like, what, yeah, that, yeah. what new gadget does Batman have?" He has a tablet. Yeah. <laughs> the iBat. The <laughs> And we end on the almost the same spot we started. Oh, no. Foley and yeah, John Blake. The same scene. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they shot that in the same day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's our minute by minute commentary, but before we get to our featured topic, Tim, I have to tell you that I think I found our new name for next year. Ooh, nice. You're ahead of the game. <laughs> it's very simple. It's very clean. It's very sleek. How about we just call our, uh, our podcast next year? Let's just call it Alex. Alex? <laughs> yeah. Not Alex podcast, the Alex podcast, just Alex. So, so instead of saying Timmy Time of the Batman Revolution, I'll just be like, hey everybody, this is Alex. My name is Dane. And <laughs> so that's going to throw people off. I'm Alex, but my yeah. name is Dane. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. You see? It works. It'll definitely make the intro a lot smoother if you just have to say Alex. Yeah, yeah. So do you think, do you think that can be our next name, Tim? See, I think I think the word bat should be in there. Have maybe bat Alex or something. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Just keep it simple, keep it clean, keep it you know sleek or whatever. Just Alex. It'll definitely be simple, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, just just call it Alex. Just. Hey everybody, this is Alex. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. My name is Dane. <laughs> I've got Tim with me today. 
<laughs> I, I, I thought I'd be chuckling every time you say it. <laughs> uh, hey, but if Alex likes it, then it's all good. <laughs> Maybe we should call it like. Uh, I mean, I was thinking Alex because Alex has been with the show the longest out of everybody that you know. Everybody that emails the show or is on the show, or I mean, except for us. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was either that or Corbin, like. Like, just call it Corbin. But I figure Alex deserves that honor. Yes, as being the first Bat fan who ever emailed us. Yeah, so Alex, let us know if that's cool with you. If it's not, then we'll call it Marine Mark. <laughs> doesn't deserve it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Tim, why don't you tell the good people at home about what could possibly be our featured topic for this episode? Tim? I don't know. Let me think. It took me forever to think of it. <laughs> it's not like we had any big trailers dropped this week that we can talk about. No, because the biggest one is going to definitely be Batman v Superman. Which unfortunately doesn't come out till March, but I still not kick myself because it's not my decision, but I still get a little disappointed thinking that uh, 2015 could have been the year we had The Force Awakens <laughs> and Batman v Superman. But, uh. <laughs> Oh, wait, Tim, I know which trailer it is. Oh, what? Is it the gem and the hologram? <laughs> <laughs> that movie that's supposed to be terrible? If you're uh, a fan of... I think it comes out this week, doesn't it? Yeah, it comes out today. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of reviews for it that aren't good. <laughs> or is it the Steve Jobs movie? Trailer? Jobs. No, wait, is, it, is it called Jobs or just Steve Jobs? It's just called Steve Jobs. Yeah, there's I like think. Steve Jobs movies now. <laughs> Well, there was that crappy one in the fashion coach yeah. <laughs> that nobody saw. I think this one with uh, Michael Fassbender is getting good reviews. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So it's probably that movie, isn't it, Tim? No, it's a movie that comes out December 18th. And we all know what movie that is. The sequel to Alvin and the Chipmunks, Road Chip, Road Chip actually. Yes, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Can you believe they actually moved that? release date to the force awakens release day <laughs> man they really want to bury that movie don't they? <laughs> just take it out in the back and shoot it right in the head yeah it's so <laughs> like they're trying to market oh because uh, we want to give uh kids who are out on uh, christmas break or whatever more time to see it, and that would be on the december on the 18th yeah it's like come on maybe the kids or the screenings that are sold out for star wars will go to it but they're even trying to market it as like tying in with star wars like they have we were seeing tweets of like the hashtag for Alvin and the Chipmunks, but it's in the Star Wars font on the star background. <laughs> Nobody's going to see that movie, and it's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> Is uh, Jason Lee in that one? I don't know what human uh, actors are in it. <laughs> it's, I guarantee you, just someone just to like get out in the public eye or try to get like a 15 minutes of fame or whatever is going to be yeah. some people are going to start a line for the Chipmunks movie. Yeah. Just so they wonder, can try to compete with Star Wars and get headlines or whatever. Like, really? I wonder what else, what other movies are coming out. Yeah, I think it's pretty day. clear for the rest of December. Oh. Well, uh, Christmas, is it? Yeah, that's true. There's usually big movies that come out on Christmas Day. But... Could you imagine if they decided to release it on Christmas? <laughs> it, anyone, it would just dwarf everybody. Did anyone even open gifts that day? Yeah, you know, hmm. I'll just be at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, they just all be at the movie theater. 
so yeah, in case you couldn't tell, we're going to talk about the Force Awakens trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, what a trailer it was. <laughs> so Dan, did you see it? Did you were you watching uh, football? waiting for it to come on or did you just see it online afterwards for the first time uh no i couldn't because i was still at work because oh, yeah, that's uh, time to... monday night football yeah. yeah monday night football comes on i think around like two or three o'clock over here that's right so i wouldn't have been able to see it anyway so did you watch it from work or did you try to avoid everyone talking about it and seeing it so you got no no i wanted to watch it on my tv okay i don't know why i don't know why i decided to do that so i waited till i got home you showed more willpower than I would have if I was at work. <laughs> Sorry, what well, it? you work from home, so I mean, <laughs> back from when I used to work at offices and stuff. There yeah. was a trailer that premiered there. I probably would have watched it there. Where did you work in an office? It was in Burbank. For what? It was kind of the same business I was doing now with uh, home inspections, but it was with a different company. Mm. So. Oh, I see. So you're in the home inspection business. Yep. Let's not bore people with that again. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying, like, you're trying to make a career out of home <laughs> home inspection. <laughs> hey, there's work out there, and <laughs> might as well take it. Right, right. But, man, yeah, <laughs> this trailer. I will, I had the TV on, and it was funny. When the, they're during halftime, and there was, like, two seconds left and they called timeout like ah, or something happened where the clock stopped and then when it came back there was a glitch that happened where it went back to seven minutes i was like what and me not being a football fan i'm like is this normal do they does the time jump up <laughs> like that much of a certain player or something but or, or was nobody watching the clock yeah I was like what like, happened but so, they, so it went from two seconds to seven minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, uh, no, I don't want to wait another seven minutes. <laughs> but thankfully, it was a glitch. And then it came on. And boy, geez, where to begin with this thing? Man? <laughs> were, what were you expecting from it? Anyway, were you expecting uh, from the first two teasers? I was obviously expecting to get a little more information on the story and some dialogue. And it definitely delivered that. But I was actually expecting a little more story details from it. Because right. you definitely know this trailer was to get the mainstream audience aware of it and to get them excited for it. So you would kind of tell more what's going on, but for thinking that it wanted to have that effect, I thought they still held back on a lot of story details, which for me as a diehard fan is fine. I mean, more surprises for us is better as we sit in the movie theater, but Mm -hmm. yeah, they, even though we got some dialogue and we got a little bit of more clear what the story is going to be, I think they still held back a lot. So I don't know. What were you thinking as far as that stuff? I thought we were definitely going to see Luke. Um, see, there's yeah. that one shot, you know, where he's like, like touching R2. But I thought we were gonna actually see him, like, see his face, see what he looks like, all that stuff. And I thought that we were, yeah, I, I thought it was gonna be all over the place because, um, I know they're trying to ramp up for this movie, you know, not like they have to, but I, I knew they were trying to just get the general fans in on it. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of just explosions and action scenes, which they do have, yep. but they do tell you, like, they give you a hint of what the story is going to be, like you said. Yeah, definitely. I'm, from now, I'm expecting we're not going to see anything of Luke to actually in the movie theater <laughs> scene, the actual yeah. film. There right. was a part of me at the very end as it was fading out, and you hear Luke's theme, that there would be, like, one of those final shots where maybe you just see his face or you just see a hooded character 
but they don't yeah. reveal it's him, but you know it's him type of thing. But no, we didn't get it. Well, yeah, I should say, uh, before we get any further in this podcast, I bit my tongue really bad. Oh. So, <laughs> Not um, right now, like, right? No, 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 no. Uh, earlier this week. Okay. And uh, so if I sound... If I'm like, sounds like I'm smacking my lips, it's because I'm trying not to um, uh, hit it on my okay. teeth, hit my tongue on my teeth. Uh, yeah, well, it was pretty bad. Like I had blood in my mouth, and ugh. yeah, it well, was. So pretty. far, I haven't noticed the difference with your voice. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I sound strange to you or whatever, then it's because I bit my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Tom. Yeah. But man, I think. The first thing that stood, or was probably my favorite part in Washington, I think it still is, and it's not even from a visual standpoint, but just from a story point that we're going to get in this movie that it looks like with Kylo Ren, that shot where it's just his cool-looking helmet just staring straight at you, and he's talking, saying, I will finish what you started. And then even though it goes into the shot we previously saw in the second teaser of seeing Darth Vader's messed up helmet, seeing that sequence put together the way it was in this trailer, I thought was just awesome. I mean, part of me thinks they should have left that shot out from the second teaser and just saved it for this one. Cause I can't imagine how much I would have geeked out after hearing Kylo Ren say that you think maybe, Oh, he's just talking to his master or Supreme leader Snoke. But if it, he says that, then it pants as a Darth Vader helmet. I probably would have lost my mind <laughs> looking at saying that. Because it's just so cool knowing that Vader's legacy is living on through Kylo Ren just being this obsessive, almost fanboy type thing, <laughs> wanting to finish what Vader started. And if rumors pan out to be true, maybe even a greater connection than what just being a Darth Vader fanboy would be. So, I don't know. That moment in the trailer, it stood out to me when I first saw it. And then it still remains probably my favorite moment throughout the whole trail. I just loved it so much. And even Kylo Ren's voice is really cool too. It's not, it's kind of, it doesn't really have that same Vader feel at the same it's time. It's tinny though. It's yeah. Tinny, it still has like, a yeah. cool effect of, as you would expect a character with a mask like that to have. So I really liked it. Yeah. And what is he trying to continue? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think genocide it's just, or yeah, I think just to wipe out the Jedi. Right, right. I don't know if I talked to you about this about those uh, toys that came out that talk. And one no, of Kylo no, Ren's didn't. lines was, uh, "We will defeat the Resistance and destroy the Last Jedi." So, oh, okay. That's a line in the actual movie. I think that's what he meant by telling Vader, "I'll finish what you started." So, Order sixty six is still around, like forty plus years later. <laughs> I've never really gone away, especially when you watch Rebels. Well, oh, yeah. the Inquisitors out there trying to hunt down any Force sensitive who won't join the Empire or try to become Jedi. They're there to wipe them out. So, right. But yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments. Dal, could you even pick a favorite moment or shot from this trailer? Because there was a lot of them. <laughs> uh, it was probably towards the end where you see, um. Uh, Kylo Ren and uh, Finn so. in that forest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're about to fight. That's uh, I'm a sucker for a good lightsaber fight. So, <laughs> that awesome. yeah, probably that scene. And what's cool too, in all these trailers, we've seen lightsabers ignited, but we haven't seen two lightsabers clash together in a fight just yet. I mean, I think that might be yeah, the first for a Star Wars movie where we don't see any of that in a trailer. And, and if they 
do end up saving that and it's not in any TV commercials or anything until we actually see the movie, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I, I don't know why Lucasfilm decided to release that little teaser on their Twitter account where um, uh, Finn ignites the yeah. lightsaber. Because, like you were talking about with the, with the Vader helmet, I would have geeked out if you know you just see him ignite it and you see Kylo Ren, you know, swing his lightsaber at, at yep. Finn. Man, if, so, I, if you look yeah. at Finn's face during that shot, like he's like he looks scared. Yeah, he's like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? Like, oh crap. <laughs> looks like hey, I gotta go talk to Luke. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right, Tim? <laughs> uh, eventually, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, this hearing Han's dialogue too, that was another highlight where hearing him say the Jedi, the dark side, it's true. All of it. Yeah, but like I said on Twitter, Tim. <laughs> So how many times can you forget that there is a light side, there's a dark side, there's the forest, there's Jedi, there's Sith? How can how many times can you forget that? Yeah, see, I think there's two ways to look at it. One, if you think it's on a galaxy-wide scale, what Han Solo's talking about, where just a lot of people yeah. don't believe that, that's kind of what the Empire and Palpatine tried to do during his reign, make people forget about the Jedi, especially planets in the Outer Rim who were Jedi really didn't get involved with or maybe didn't have any... Uh, dealings with them during the Clone Wars where all they heard was stories and it was just legends to them. And then as times go by, like almost 60 years or so, yeah, you would think it would definitely fall into like the legends or story categories to anyone who didn't experience it. And maybe right, it was, there was Luke. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe so. only a few people in the Rebellion, if it became the New Republic, knew that Luke was a Jedi. And then whatever remaining remnants of the Empire was there, they'd probably tried so hard to fool people to think that uh, Palpatine and Vader were killed by a Jedi and all that. So there's probably tons oh. of conflicting stories and reports going out there. I would think to I maybe see, have I that see. make sense. Yeah. But for me personally, I just think Han Solo is talking to Rey about that. She's on this desert planet. Was I mean, we don't know how long she's been on there. If she was there for a young child, and if that's the case, then you know, no Jedi was there. If Luke's gone into missing, we know. The Jedi's numbers aren't what they used to be, so she's definitely going to only hear stories and legends about that type of stuff. So maybe that's all she knows and just kind of took them as being stories to tell kids and all that. But then once she tells, or when Han Solo says that to her, it's like, no, all that stuff is real. So I think that's the two ways you can look at it. But I just think it's a great line coming from Han because knowing what he said in A New Hope, kind of just brushing off when Obi-Wan was teaching Luke on the Millennium Falcon, like saying, like, hokey religions ain't nothing, like, as long as you have a good blaster yeah. on your side. <laughs> and so he doesn't need what... any mystical energy controlling my destiny. Yeah. So just hearing it come from him, I thought was really awesome. I wonder what um, Ray's story is. Want to hear my theory on it? Sure. Okay. Now, this is speculation. It's not rumors or stuff I've heard, but... Well, some of it is, but... It's, I'm piecing it together and forming my own speculation. So I think she's Luke's daughter. And for whatever reason that Luke decided he needed to go into hiding or self-imposed exile, he felt it was best for her to, to leave her on this planet, Jakku, at a young age. That's the thing. I, that's why I still don't know like how long has she been there at a young age or for not too long, but I think he leaves her there and maybe kind of told, like, on to you know keep an eye out on her like look after her but not necessarily tell her who you are who i am and all that just to protect her for whatever reason and then 
things happen on they get involved with Luke's lightsaber that we know is going to be a big, big focal point of the movie and then by the end maybe it's she realizes that Luke is her dad and then she has the Skywalker lineage and needs to fulfill her force, force potential so that's kind of what I think will happen and what I'm hoping for because I before I was really hoping she would be Han Solo and Leia's daughter and that Kylo Ren would be their son and they would be siblings kind of battling out but now I think it'd be even cooler if it's Luke's daughter and maybe her and Kylo Ren are cousins. I still want to see that sibling, not sibling rivalry, but family rivalry there where you have one on the good side and one on the bad. Do you think uh, Han and Leia continued their relationship after uh, Jedi? I don't think so. There's been reports yeah. that they're not together or not married by the time. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. Mm. In the, I mean, just in that trailer, like it doesn't seem like they continued their relationship after because... I don't know. Maybe it was the the hug or uh, Leia crying. Yeah, yeah, because you got that almost the feel where yeah they're hugging like Han's embracing her, like comforting her, but you just kind of got that feeling like it's been a while since yeah yeah right they were together. right yeah. So I think that's gonna make that moment even more powerful too. If like whether they never got married, got married, got divorced or whatever, because they just had a riff, but something happens where they share one last hug together. So, what makes you think that Ray is Luke's daughter? Because two things were there was I heard rumors that maybe that could be the case, but then there was something Kathleen Kennedy said in a recent interview where this story is going to focus it's going to focus on the Skywalker family still, and we know one of these characters has to be that. And as you see from the marketing from this trailer and from the new poster, that character is Ray. I mean, she's getting the focus on both of these, especially just being the one who's force sensitive. I mean, you know, Finn is kind of too being the one holding the lightsaber, but I not necessarily think he's going to be force sensitive. I think it's going to be Ray. So those two things, and I just think too, if Han Solo and uh, Leia were her parents, why would they leave her on Jakku and not have her stay with them and kind of keep it a secret type thing? Because I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think she knows who any of them are by this when we meet her. Like, she's not going to know who Han is right. and Leia and Luke and all that. So, if that was the case, and Han Solo and Princess Leia are still around and not in hiding, why would mm. they leave their daughter on that planet? Yeah, and plus, too, I mean, Leia was a diplomat, right? Exactly, yeah. So, and she obviously comes from money. So, why would they? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I think, too, maybe they. I don't know if we're getting all this in the first movie. Maybe we'll get more explanation as we go down the line, episode eight or in books, but maybe it's something where Luke decided to do this. He didn't tell him, or maybe they tried to tell Luke, give her to us. We'll look after him. He goes, no, it's, it's too dangerous. She'll be put in danger. You'll be put in danger. I got to leave her here. So something like that, maybe what happened, but I don't know. She, I'm 99% sure she's either going to be a Skywalker or a solo. And if she's not, I got to say, I'd be really disappointed. So who's Ray's mother if it's the Skywalker that's, connection? That's a big question, yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. not, we won't find out till episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> you can't reveal all secrets in just this one movie. Yep. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but man, talk about those action shots though, with mm. the X Wings and the TIE Fighter battles. I mean we're gonna get they're not space battles, but they're aerial battles spaceship battles out in the planet's atmosphere which looks really cool i mean we got one on the 
planet that hasn't been named yet, and then you got one in the snow, which I think is Star Killer Base, and both of them just visually looks really cool. There's that one of my favorite shots in the trailer is you see these stormtroopers running over these ruins, which is a palace by the pirate Maz Kanata, who played by Lupita Nyong'o, who does the uh, uh, dialogue in the trailer. Which I was surprised we didn't see. Oh, so it's her. Yeah, that's who that is. Oh, I mean, she's on the post. I mean, they haven't confirmed, but I think it's pretty. I'm 99% on sure sure of that. Also, that's her on the poster, and she's definitely doing the voiceover on the trailer. Yeah, and I wonder what happens to Finn because we see him as a stormtrooper. You mm-hmm. saw that in the teaser. Yep. I wonder what makes him switch sides. Yeah, I. What I'm kind of thinking, no, the shots we've seen in the trailer were. Kylo Ren's, it's at night, and then you got the flame troopers and the stormtroopers like ransacking that village. I'm thinking maybe that might be in the beginning and Finn's part of that. Maybe he sees something. Whereas, oh, that he doesn't like. Yeah, people being like murdered and all that. Like, this isn't what I signed up for. And then he deserts them. And you've always seen the shot in the trailer of that TIE fighter crashing down on Jakku. I'm willing to bet that's his TIE fighter and him inside. Yeah, yeah and another. Another question I had is, is it Rebels versus the Empire, or is it going to be like two warring political parties? No, it's almost like that. They're called the good guys, they're called the Resistance, and the bad guys are called the First Order. Okay, so, oh man, I like that, because like, like I said on this podcast before, I think I've said it on this podcast before, but what I did not like about Jedi or even the original trilogy as a whole was the ending of Jedi because, you know, they're all celebrating and it's like you cut off the head of the snake, but two more are just going to pop up. Like, yeah, you can kill the big baddie, but it doesn't mean that there, there isn't people under him that are going to assume that position. Exactly. So one of the the recent books that came out that's in Canon now called aftermath kind of mm-hmm. deals with that where like a lot of the big higher ups in the empire are trying to get together for the summit to kind of figure out like what's our next move and all that right and so eventually it's all gonna lead into the formation of the first order so there it doesn't seem like there's gonna be a new senate doesn't seem like there's gonna be like um, i said the rebels are gonna establish themselves politically here's the interesting part also in that book um mon mothma and like Princess Leia, Admiral Akbar, they're trying to set up the New Republic and the Senate and all that. But Mon Mothma says that we're going to like demilitarize 90% of our army. We're pretty much going to only have 10% of what we have, which is almost nothing. Uh-oh. And that's so bad. I think with that, there's but that's where the resistance comes in, where they're not kind of officially part of the New Republic, but yet they're there to fight off the first order and just be the good guys there but technically they're not part of the new republic they're their own thing they're the resistance but yet they're still the good guys so that's how i always see that planning out is there gonna be a new republic in some of the books it's being referred to that yeah okay so it's in the books as far as how long it lasts like if it lasts until the force awakens that remains to be seen Mm. that's what i'm curious about because the resistance seems just to be a small group, kind of like the rebellion, but yet they're their own thing, but still on the side of good. It's pretty much just, it's pretty much still civil war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I, I totally like that aspect. Whereas, like, I, I, I think, like, when the trailer came out, we were theorizing, or I was theorizing that, you know, the 
Leia and like all the good guys, the rebels are, you know, the, the ones in political power and there comes this, you know, sort of threat or whatever, not really Sith, but more just like people that have the same ideology that the empire did. Yeah. That, you know, they, they would come and then take, try to take over, you know? Mm. So I'm, I'm glad that, yeah, the emperor's dead. Vader is dead. Um, and they were dealt a major blow, but there's still war. Civil exactly. War. So I'm, I'm glad that that seems to be the way that they're going. And I'm just super anxious to find out where the Knights of Ren fit into all that. I mean, that was a cool shot, too, in the trailer where you see Kylo Ren in the rain, in which we're all assuming is the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Their outfits look nothing like any troopers. It like has a medieval feel to it. And if you look closely... Someone's zoomed in. It looks like one of them's wearing a Mandalorian helmet too, which is oh. pretty awesome. So, so is it going to be uh, Boba Fett's daughter or uh, something? I, don't know about, I think it's just someone who grabbed a Mandalorian helmet and he's using it. Yeah. Well, that's such an awesome looking shot. And the other thing I want to talk about too is the music in this trailer. Now, mm. I actually read it wasn't John Williams who composed it. It was actually done by two wow. other guys. I thought it was. It's it's his classic themes. I mean, they play the Han and Leia love theme. And they're in like the Force theme, but it's just remixed for this trailer. That, to me, it just sounded really cool. I mean, that moment where you see the Falcon zooming by, being chased by Tie Fighter, that is playing Han and Leia's theme as Han is talk- talking to Ray. I mean, it's just really cool. <laughs> this fit melded together so perfectly, and this trailer just gave you goosebumps. Yeah, you see, I thought it was John Williams because I mean, you, it just works together so well. I mean, it's, it gives you chills. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, there's also, too, a cool, just a music-only version of the trailer, which came out, like, I think, a day or two after. And that's why, because you know how fans always get these different versions and create their fan edits of trailers. But this one was actually put out by, by Disneyland on their Facebook page. And I think they since took it down, but it's on YouTube and all that. And it's just really cool to see the visuals and then just hear the music, because... We all know how much a big part music plays in Star Wars, so it's just cool to hear that the music full front and center of the trailer because it was really good. But yeah, <laughs> just, movie needs to come out now. Yeah, <laughs> that's the feeling I got after I saw it, and I still feel it. I watch it, can't let a day go by without watching it a few times, and every time he's like, "Oh man, we're so close," but yet. This movie needs to come out now. <laughs> just, uh, it looks so good. So did you go? Did you go frame by frame by frame by frame? Oh yes. <laughs> How can you not do that on a Star Wars trailer? Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I did get my tickets that day too. That took me forever though. It kept crashing and crashing and crashing. <laughs> but then, like at ten o'clock my time, I was finally able to get through smoothly and got my seven p.m. tickets. So I'm Four. good to go. For which uh, which screen? Uh, just a regular two D screening. I don't want to oh. see or some three D or <laughs> IMAX. IMAX would probably be too hard to get. I just want to go to my local right. theater too. So yeah, so I uh, it, it kept crashing on me too. So I had to wait a day, <laughs> um, and all I could get was just the regular screen. <laughs> did you uh, go to? Did you get them online, or did you just go to your local theater and get it? I went online. Okay. Yeah, because. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say because 
I, I haven't been to a box office in so long. <laughs> I've just been to the, <laughs> the Fandango app, okay. and there's the machines on the side, and yeah. Yeah, I still every time I go to a movie, I still just go to the box office and get my tickets <laughs> the day Why? I go to see it. Why? Because sometimes too, at least uh, I don't know if Fandango does it. Because I just usually, if I do order tickets online, it's just. Uh, the theater chain that I go to, which is Harkins Theater, I just order through their website. And they cost like an extra dollar per ticket to do it online and then just to go pick it up. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a service service fee. Yeah, so I figured... I know the movie's not going to be sold out. Cause there's a new movie coming out, like a Marvel movie that I want to see opening weekend. I usually go like Saturday morning. And yeah. it's pretty much I'm guaranteed to get in. So that's why I never usually order tickets online. But for this... Maybe. The only two movies I did it for, this and Dark Knight Rises, where <laughs> I ordered tickets online. Yeah, you see, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to get a ticket on Friday. I wouldn't be able to t- get a ticket on the weekend. And I, I just have to be one of those people that, that go, like, Tuesday morning or something the following week. Yeah. The theaters are, like, pretty much barren. <laughs> and, uh, for this, yeah, you had to go. As soon as possible. Yeah. Did you get for the seven o'clock showing? Oh, jeez, what did I get? <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Better check the day on it too. Make sure it's not like the day after or something. <laughs> um, yep, seven. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because oh man, I, the only downside. I, I was so I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to get one on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or even Monday, and I would have to be one of those people that go to, the, like I said, to the theater <laughs> in the morning on Tuesday <laughs> to go see it. <laughs> I was going to say something, now I forgot. Oh, Tim, you can't forget. Uh, something about the movie tickets, but... Uh, oh. What, do you mean actually having a ticket? <laughs> or, or if you... Uh, no, no, because you, you can get the... Um, like if you have the, I, th- I think if you have the Fandango app, you can just show them. You can just bring it up on your phone. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, do they like scan it or anything? Or you just walk up to where you would hand the ticket and you just show them. Yeah, I'm not sure because I've never used it. I've always gotten a physical ticket yeah. from the from the machine. You don't want to, the first movie to try it on would be Star Wars and have any issue. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, your order didn't go through. Or your... yeah, we can't let you in. That's not accurate. <laughs> you hold yeah. you end up holding up the line. Oh. Oh, Speaking of lines, you... I'm planning to get there pretty darn early too. <laughs> yeah, because what I do for midnight releases is, or you know, any re- big release is. I usually go see it with my sister, uh-huh. and uh, my sister's in college, and all of her classes end in the morning, so uh, she usually goes and stands in line and just sits there until I, either me or my girlfriend can get there. That's cool. Yeah, so, you know, I I don't have any vacation days left, so... <laughs> yeah, I can't take the days off. <laughs> so I can't take the day off. <laughs> I mean, I could, but... Well, I could, but... And then why don't you? No, I don't have any more sick days left either. <laughs> Star Wars is a good enough reason. <laughs> no, but if you don't have the days, then... You can lose out on a day's work of pay, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it should just be a national holiday. Everyone should have the day off. <laughs> but then it would make theater more crowded, so maybe not. It'll be the new Star Wars day. <laughs> the new May it'll the 4th. The, yeah, instead of May the 4th, it'll be December 18th. 
I don't know if you can work in any wordplay with that <laughs> to make it make any sense. But yeah, the trailer was awesome. But I mean, since this is a Batman podcast, we got to do a comparison. How, where did it rank to you, or can you even compare it with the Batman v Superman trailer? Because that trailer blew me away too. But yeah, but you you there, can't because yeah, for me the the main portion of that that trailer was the, the latter half where we get to see Batman in action. Good point. Not just Bruce Wayne looking somber, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I gotta say I think. Well, I mean, if you could compare the two, I think Force Awakens trailer it beats this one, beats the Batman v Superman. See, I don't know if it just flat out beats it for me because, yeah, that Batman v Superman one trailer. One thing it has up on the Star Wars one is that it's over three minutes. <laughs> it's a yeah. longer trailer, so that's awesome. <laughs> Most trailers right. aren't. What sets it apart for me is that kind of what I was talking about in the beginning about uh, this trailer not telling too much of the overall story. But Batman v Superman kind of did, where it set up how like the government's not trusting Superman. Batman gets involved; he doesn't trust him, and you get the reasons why Batman doesn't trust him with some of the visuals we see of him during the destruction of Metropolis. Then it all climaxes in, in the trailer anyway to them having that fight, and then eventually, I mean, which I think in the trailers where Superman rips up the Batmobile, I think that's when they're finally gonna go, okay, let's work together. But to me, there was more of a story told. In the Batman yeah. Superman trailer, but and also too, I mean, what makes me so excited for Batman v Superman? That trailer got me so pumped up the day I saw it. Is we're seeing Batman and Superman on screen together for the first time, and it looks like Zack Snyder is nailing it. It looks so so awesome. And what Star Wars? I mean, it's new characters, and we're seeing the return of Han Solo and Princess Leia, and kind of Luke. At least we're hoping that's him, <laughs> but. Uh, that Batman v Superman trailer just got me somewhere, something I wanted to see in a long, like for so long, it's finally getting delivered and it looks great. While Star Wars looks awesome, like this was the movie I never thought was possible or we were going to get. So anything they show me is just like, I'm just so glad we're getting it. But yeah, it still looks great too. So I'm not saying where they can show me anything. <laughs> I love it. But right. that plays into it where I it was a movie I was expecting to never get, but yet the fact that the fact that it looks so awesome plays into it as well. So yeah, they're both amazing. I don't even know if I can pick one. I like them both for different reasons, but yeah. No, but you have to pick one too. Jeez, I was hoping you wouldn't. You have that. to. You have to. It, it it'll be the ultimate letdown to Alex if you don't. Man, yeah, it's so tough. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> don't do this to me, Dave. <laughs> you know, just just think about which people you wouldn't mind them hating you for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, you know I, what? I'll I'm, say. No, go ahead. Okay, if I if gun to my head, I have to choose one. I'm gonna give a slight edge to Batman v Superman. Like I okay. said, so many cool stuff that I was hoping this movie would give me it looks like it is with these two awesome characters maybe if the force awakens ended had something with luke in there besides just the hand like a new shot of him where you know it's actually luke Mm -hmm. that could have been some that have put it over the the top for me (laughs) with this one or put it up with ah, it's so hard but uh, ah, yeah i'll just make it batman v superman has a slight edge just a slight Okay, but I don't want that to think. Well, 
this the new trailer, the new Force Awakens trailer can't compete with that, or just not as good because it is. It just the slight little edge Batman v Superman has on it was just that geek out moment of seeing something I wanted to see for so long with these two characters delivering. Well, at least uh, I guess Kyle's never talking to you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just have to edit that part out. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's got to be the the Force Awakens trailer. Um, just because it, I don't know, it, it it was something that I really, really, really wanted to see more, more so than the Batman v Superman trailer. I mean, it's, they're both great trailers. There, there's no complaining about either of them. But, um, you know, just just seeing more of the story, and I was kind of let down with that second trailer that they released. Um, really? Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really like that second trailer. I mean, well, I know you it was just a te- teaser, so oh, teaser, whatever. Uh, I, I know you get to see Han, and you know you get to see a little more, but I th- I think they if if we're comparing the two, I think Lucasfilm nailed this trailer yeah. more than Batman v uh, Warner Brothers nailed the Batman v Superman one. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Force Awakens, and plus two, I think the Force Awakens trailer is a lot more simpler. It's, oh, it definitely is, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing has changed. There's still civil war. These are the good, these are your two new characters, the good guys. Here's your Darth Vader replacement, and they're gonna fight. So <laughs> and everything looks awesome. <laughs> and everything looks awesome. So that's your movie, and we know you're gonna see it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give it to the Force Awakens trailer, but I mean, like you said, but both of them are great trailers that you know you can't really complain about. Oh, heck no, yeah, that's for sure. Unless you're one of those angry fanboys. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of like comparing, you know, what al- album is better, you know, Pinkerton or the Blue Album? <laughs> Pinkerton. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, Tim. I'm sorry. Yes, it's not. It no, it's not. Why? Uh, this is the, this, the songs I think are 1 through 10, I think, are more, more better for me. And it has a more heavier sound, too, which I like. So, Tired of Sex is better than My Name is Jonas? Um, I would say so. I like the riff better in that. Yep. That's such a cool riff. So, uh, Get You is better than No One Else. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, the world has turned is better than no other one. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, the the world has turned is probably my favorite song on that record. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. I think mine's in the garage, but the world has turned is up there too. <laughs> or only in dreams. That's a really yeah, good that's song. good. Yeah, that's one of the few because I I usually don't like too many songs that are real long, but. It, yeah. Only Dreams is one of those songs where you see the eight minutes, you go, geez, but then you go, it's over already <laughs> when you're listening to it. It doesn't yeah, feel like it's eight minutes. Yeah, it's the way they build it up and then it goes quiet again and then they build it up and then it yeah. just goes quiet. So, uh, so, so you're, <laughs> we got you're, you're telling me. Batman v Superman is always the Weezer. <laughs> I love it. No, well, I mean, you're telling me that El Score Show is better than. Let's see. let's take any of the hits. Say it ain't so. Uh, Buddy Holly, say it ain't so. I like El Scorcho better than Buddy I'm Holly. Done. But here's the thing with Say It Ain't So, I will say it's a better song, it's a better constructed and written song. 
Yeah. But there's something about El Scorcho where I just like listening to it more. Maybe because Say It Ain't So got played a lot, but I love the chorus for El Scorcho. I mean, <laughs> it's, well, it's, catchy. it's catchy. It's catchier than, let's say, Say It Ain't So. But is it better than Undone? I like El Scorcho better than Undone, yeah. Yeah. Across the Seas, an awesome song. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems like, I don't know. It's hard, It's really hard to explain because it seems like the Blue album just works better than uh, Pinkerton. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, yeah. Like the songs, they just work better than, than Pinkerton. Pinkerton feels like they're stumbling. It's it's like a constant stumble, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't get that, but I know a lot of people did when that album first came out. I mean, yeah, it bombed. It's it's just crazy how. Oh yeah. That yeah. album failed, but now it's considered like their best album ever. <laughs> yeah, right. It was commercially and critically panned. But now it's critically acclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that works. I know. It's just like every single Led Zeppelin album that Rolling Stone ever reviewed. <laughs> they gave it terrible reviews. It was, if you're reading a positive review uh, about a Led Zeppelin album from Rolling Stone, you're reading the revised version. <laughs> <laughs> the revisited version of it. Um, but I don't know. Pinkerton... It, it, it's a great album and I can listen to it, but I just think the Blue Album is a, a whole lot better. But like you said, you can't. It, it seems more confident. It seems more confident than Pinkerton is. I think it. Yeah, I think you could say that because I'm sure he felt pressure to live up to making a successful follow up to the Blue Album, and maybe yeah. he wasn't as confident. But at the same time, well, they're great songs though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, they had a whole other album plan before Pinkerton. I forget what it's called. See, that makes a lot of sense. Though. It was a concept album about like yeah. a traveling in space type album. There's like songs called Blast Off and all that. Which right. They're pretty good songs, but in the end, he scrapped it and then we got Pinkerton. That makes a lot of sense. Man, why yeah. am I blanking on the name? Well, things the Black Hole Sessions, I think what it was called. Oh, yeah. I used to see those on eBay going for like like $500. Yeah, geez. <laughs> wow. wow. Like the bootlegs of them. Yeah. I think they officially released it in their like deluxe version of Pinkerton. They had some of those outtakes. Okay, I'm glad because there's <laughs> if you got sucked into buying a $500 bootleg, that was probably that probably isn't the finest recording. Yeah, <laughs> then it gets put out <laughs> not yeah. after. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Force so, Awakens tickets were being sold on eBay too for like a thousand. Yeah, for like a thousand. Uh, yeah, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I hope nobody bought those, and those people were just right. ended up losing money on trying to get those tickets. Yeah, so um, yeah, you can't compare the two, even though the blue album is better better than Pinkerton. Yeah, from your it's true. To, it's, it's true. No, 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 it's true. You know what? Ask Dustin. Is he a Weezer fan? I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's a Weezer fan and listens to this podcast, please chime in. Dustin, no, no, I want you to email Dustin and ask him. <laughs> Will he reply, who is Weezer? <laughs> no, well, I'm sure he knows who Weezer is. Okay, so uh, never mind or in utero? <laughs> oh, that's easy, in utero. Yeah. Heavy oh, but, uh, everything. but going back to um, Pinkerton, I do like the sound of the drums, which it, it's odd because the drums don't sound the same 
in uh, El Scorcho as the re- as the rest of the album does. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned In Utero, because when I first heard Pinkerton, I thought, man, it yeah. sounds like how In Utero was mixed, that same sound they had for the drums, which is awesome. Yeah, just terribly. I mean, I, I mean, it's good, but it sound, sounds like... It just like, sounds so raw and heavy, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love it. Well, Steve Albini, that's why. Yeah, Steve Albini's awesome. Yeah, and he also did uh, Surfer Rosa, and if you if you ever heard the drums in that on that album... It's, you'll you'll get why the, it, it it sounds like that and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the drums in uh, Surfer Rosa by uh, Pixies is it, it just it just blows out your eardrums, <laughs> <laughs> which is what a great rock song to do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean it was record all the drums were recorded in like a old men's locker room. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get that raw energy and sound for those classic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, how, how did we get on drum sounds? In the I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, from Star Wars to Batman v Superman to Weezer albums to, to drum sounding out. So, the, yep. it was a strange pathway to this topic, but it makes sense in the end if you go back and look at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Force Awakens trailer is awesome. Right, Tim? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't think there was... You know the only this is funny because I saw a news report on this. I'm not sure if it's true, but the only people that were mad about this trailer, oh no, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. Uh, is uh, the Royals are heading back to the World Series? Yeah, I just saw the score that they won. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that were pissed off about this uh, trailer. Are white supremacists? Oh yeah, right. yeah. The whole boycott episode seven hashtag. Yeah, because it was a black guy killing white people or something. Is this is that what it was? It was just that I think it was like the movie is promoting multicultural diversity or something like that. It's some so stupid. Yeah, yeah, he said it's white supremacists and just racist between that. I mean, still John Boyega is getting flagged for that. It was so I don't know why. I mean, this, this was. Dumb. I mean, my brother actually showed me a report or a news story where someone committed suicide over that. Oh my god! It's like in his note it said like "Make America White Again" or something like that. It's like, oh wow, like, come on! You're gonna kill yourself over a fictitious character? It's, yeah, it's, in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, John Boyega is awesome though. He's like posts his reaction videos to that, and he sent like a another video talking about like thanking the fans how like the force awakens broke records with ticket sales and downloads and he's all how's that other agenda doing like he referred to that whole boycott episode seven yeah. thing it's just real, how he plays it off which is really cool but yeah such such a waste of time like people i mean to talk about it to say how bad it is yeah but i think you should just ignore it altogether don't even give it the publicity by saying how dumb the reason is like just be better they just get ignored and then they just go away since nobody's recognizing it yeah because i mean that's just that's just stupid yeah (laughs) or or it's even like the people giving um uh captain phasma uh flack yeah it's like remember in the star wars i can't remember what the star wars twitter handle said about that yeah, I, I know you're what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because like, th- there's no way a woman can be a uh, stormtrooper because you know the the uh, stormtrooper outfit was made for men or something. <laughs> I can't remember what they said. Yeah, it was something about like not looking feminine in the armor. 
or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, or yeah. Like it doesn't does she doesn't look like a, a woman that's in that armor. Right. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. always think it's the trailer is so awesome and amazing. You think how can anyone not like this? But yet, there these morons are picking it apart for stupid reasons that doesn't have nothing to do yeah. with the movie. So like, yeah, don't even want to give them the time of day. <laughs> white supremacist yeah. mad at this movie. <laughs> like fine less uh, like more that. tickets for real fans and <laughs> people to go see it right exactly um but anyway uh let's get on to some news i guess uh bob king got a star on the hollywood walk of fame yeah i don't remember hearing about this but it happened this this week and they have a whole youtube video of the ceremony which we tweeted out so you can watch that i checked it out uh, yesterday and if you notice where i sent the tweet out with the video i quickly tweeted after in a perfect world bill finger would be getting the star too but i was kind of curious and hoping that he would get some recognition in this video because you had jim lee there you had uh zach snyder and jeff johns and dan didio were there though only jim lee and zach snyder spoke but uh to my surprise and uh, thankfully <laughs> good surprise where they did a few people mentioned Bill Finger in there, and I know the chairman or the MC for the whole event mentioned Bill Finger as far as like Bob Kane was con- contribute uh, contributions from Bill Finger, and it got a big applause. I mean, I think that was like the loudest applause out of the whole ceremony, which yeah. was cool. And then uh, Jim Lee mentioned it, and then they had someone who was uh, from uh, the Guinness World Records presenting someone in a Batman suit <laughs> with the world record of uh, the most movies from a fictional comic book character. But then he he actually said because Jim Lee and the chairman said uh, contributor Bill Finger to the Batman mythos, but the guy from the Guinness World Records he said co-creator and co-created <laughs> by Bill Finger. So it's like yeah, Bill Finger should have gotten a star on there, and Bob Kane's probably getting more recognition than he deserves, especially from Zack Snyder. Like he was giving out tons of props for what he the different aspects he created for Batman. But I don't want to knock Zack since I don't know if he's too familiar with the whole history and what went on with that, but. I was just yeah. glad to hear Bill Finger get some recognition on there. I thought it was cool. Or maybe they can put on Bob Kane's star like with major contributions from Bill Finger. Like, yeah, like Bob Kane. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely a big step forward than where we were just a few years ago. The fact that he's even getting mentioned in these presentations yeah. and acknowledgments. That's just supposed to be for Bob Kane. I mean, it's his, it's his Walk of Fame ceremonies. But yeah, it was cool to hear that, so... It's something you should definitely check out. I mean, Zack Snyder um, didn't reveal anything too much about Batman v Superman, but I think in a separate interview, I think it was with IGN, he kind of mentioned that, oh yeah, the Batmobile, it's something that Bruce Wayne has built like over a few years. Like It's something that he keeps adding to it, so it's not like a finished Batmobile <laughs> that he's had forever. It's something that keeps evolving, which is pretty interesting, but nothing really major brought out for Batman v Superman. But it was still a cool presentation, so you should check that out. Did you know that um, if if you get picked to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you have to pay for it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's, I know you had to uh, petition for it, but the, the fact that you have to pay for it? I think it's like $10,000. What? <laughs> and oh, man. That, that money goes to, I mean, you would think maybe a charity, maybe, you know, whatever, but it actually goes to the the city board or something yeah see i thought like you petition it and then maybe you get some help or funding to pay for that too but i don't don't know how it works jeez that much 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, and you have to pay for it yourself. <laughs> That's, is that really it's, not worth it? <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the Webby Awards. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but like, it's like, um, it's like an award for like, YouTubers and Twitch gamers. And, yeah, I think I've heard of it. You know, people like that. They have a big presence online. But uh, if you get nominated and you win, you have to pay for the award. And how, do you know how much that is? No, no, I, I don't know how much that is. I think it's like a couple thousand. Jeez. To get an award that, I mean, I'm sure there's a community for it, but that most people yeah. probably won't recognize. Is it really worth it to pay for that? I wonder if like the Oscars are that way too. Like you gotta pay for it. I don't think so. If you win it, <laughs> I'm sure they some studios pay uh, the Academy off so their movies win. But yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Well, did you see that study that um, if you want an award-winning movie, you either gotta make it about some tragedy, or you gotta make it about Hollywood, about filmmakers. Yeah. Or so- it's gotta be set. Like in like the past. Mm. Yeah, or you got to give a performance a for someone who's like really evil or something, or yeah, maybe someone who's like uh, like a little slow, kind of like uh, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, those type of performances. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> there's definitely an agenda. Or yeah, you need you need you need to be like uh, either mentally ill, mm. mentally uh, disabled. Or suffer some sort of sickness. Yeah, to like win, the person like, the who watched it for the Stephen Hawking movie. Oh yeah, right. And I think Bert, yeah, Birdman won the Best Picture, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was about show business. Mm-hmm. But what? And I think a Chad Spiro movies too. <laughs> yeah, what won before that though? Uh... Wasn't that movie The Artist, the silent one? I think that was a few years ago. I'm not sure if it was last year. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Just, I don't remember any <laughs> recent Oscar winners. It's not like I don't see any of those movies that win Oscars. Yeah. So I guess a superhero movie will never, will never win. If the Dark Knight couldn't do it, I don't know what will. Oh, Argo. Argo. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was about making a fake movie. <laughs> that might be the closest we get to a Batman movie <laughs> with Ben Affleck. Let's see, what was it? What was before that? Yeah, the artist. That was about show business. Uh, what, was, what was this? The King's Speech. That was back in the day, <laughs> back in like the forties. Uh, what was that? What was before that? The Hurt Locker. Oh, I guess that's not really a. Yeah. Yeah, because that one was about uh, soldiers and stuff. So maybe the Force Awakens can break that chain. <laughs> I doubt it. I know. I can hope. <laughs> maybe it'll be nominated and lose to another Woody. Uh, not Woody Harrelson. Woody Allen. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was robbed. I tell you, robbed. <laughs> Annie Hall. Isn't that the movie that mm-hmm. that? Uh, Yep, that's what beat it in ni- the 1978 Oscars. <laughs> Annie Hall. I Does anyone that... talk about Annie Hall more than they do Star Wars? I don't think so. Well, I guess if you're a Woody Allen fan. <laughs> I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, no, wait, before, full... I forgot. Oh. Before we move off the Batman v Superman topic, I don't know if you yeah. saw it today. I think it was an interview because there was a Total Film magazine had a 
Batman v Superman on the cover. There was some interview with Henry Cavill and uh, Ben Affleck where Henry Cavill talked about what the opening sequence is going to be for the movie. Uh, no, I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, it's kind of... I don't know if we expected this or when the trailer came out, but it makes sense now that he said it. it's going to be the prologue. It's going to be the sequence of, of Bruce Wayne in Metropolis when it's getting destroyed by Zod. And that's going to how the film opens with that prologue, with uh, I guess from his point of view, seeing the destruction. Which, thinking about it, it makes the perfect sense to start the movie that way. You're automatically seeing where Batman is going to come from for his distrust against Superman and all that. So the only thing I'm curious about is if it will be as long as the awesome Krypton scene from Man of Steel. I'm curious to see. I doubt it. Yeah. (laughs) We've seen stuff already for it. We're familiar with what happened, so maybe they won't spend so much time on there, but it would still be pretty cool to see Bruce Wayne do some... I was going to say Batman stuff without the Batman costume, but just showing him be a hero as we already saw in the trailer with him going through that cloud of smoke and comforting that little girl so hopefully get more stuff like that would be pretty cool that was one of the coolest scenes you know thinking back on it seeing bruce wayne run into the um that cloud of smoke yep it might be the most batman moment in the trailer where he's not in the costume (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if um zach snyder is going to keep up with what um uh christopher nolan did with having all of the credits and the title of the movie at the end of the movie. I hope so. I think... I mean, he, he did for Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big reason I wanted to have it all fit together nicely. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the the full Arkham Knight season pass has been released, and I'm so glad that I didn't buy the DLC pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, the DLCs haven't been getting the... The greatest reviews. <laughs> I mean, the actual story content levels, they're really short. So <laughs> yeah. If you're getting it for that, it might not be worth it. But I just love the costumes. I mean, that 1989 Batman costume Batmobile is still so awesome to play as. And we're getting the Batman v Superman Batman costume and Batmobile. So, and there's an image of the Batman costume, which looks really, really cool. But now I'm hearing reports that it might just be for the PS4. So... If that's the case, I'm screwed. <laughs> but then they're also going to have more of like the uh, the 60s TV series Batmobile, where it won't just be a skin. I think it'll actually have that Batmobile. It's going to be the 70s Batman uh, pack, which is the Batmobile. Yeah, I think it's just a skin, not the actual Batmobile. But then there's also going to be more story uh, missions with Catwoman. Then there's one with Robin to get to play as that stars Two-Face. And then there's, I think in December, this one sounds pretty cool, so hopefully it'll be long, but it's called The Season of Infamy, Most Wanted Expansion, where it's going to have like missions with Killer Croc, Mr. Freeze, Mad Hatter, and Rachel Ghoul, all characters who weren't in Arkham Knight, but were in previous Arkham games. So and are dead, right? Yeah, so <laughs> well, at least some of them, like Rachel Ghoul. But it'll be cool just to go back and play, see those characters with next-gen graphics or current-gen graphics now. <laughs> And then you're also yeah. going to get uh, the Dark Knight movie skin, which should be awesome, too. I think that'll be the first time we get a Christopher Nolan Batman Gotham design in the Arkham games, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't think there was any in the previous two. I think uh, Arkham Knight is the, still the only game that I have that's, um, what is it, fourth generation? Uh, only. 
Okay, it's not like a port or anything. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, not like a port. Oh, well, oh Metal, Ge- Metal Gear, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say Metal Gear. You told me you got that one. That game is long, man. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't it. beaten it. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's because I get, I get distracted by all the side stuff, like the side ops and, um, you know, just building my mother base and stuff like that. So. Well, that's understandable. I mean, if... You have good side quests, though. That's a sign of a good game <laughs> if you get distracted. With yeah, them. but you see, it's the same thing over and over again. It's like extract the highly skilled soldier or extract the prisoner or take out the, the tanks, the Soviet tanks. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Hey, as long as it's fun. <laughs> That's yeah. all that matters. Well, the missions are long, too. Like, the, the prologue mission is... It took me like an hour and 30 minutes to beat. That was <laughs> For because a prologue? Of all, yeah. That is, well, I mean, it was because of all the cutscenes, too. But Yeah, okay. Which yeah. Metal Gear is known for, long cutscenes. Yeah, isn't there like a 45-minute one in you know, like Snake Eater? Or is it... No, I don't think it's that long. I think Metal Gear Solid 4 has some pretty long ones. but yeah. I, I don't mind it, too. I mean, if the graphics are good and you're investing in the story, I don't yeah. care if it's long. Yeah, and, well, I mean, in, in the prologue... Well, I mean, do you, do you care if I spoil it? No, you go ahead. I probably won't okay. play it for a long time. Well, I mean, for... I'd say, like, a good 45 minutes, you're either sitting in a bed or you're struggling to crawl on the ground. <laughs> it's that whole hospital sequence that they first teased. Yeah, yeah, the hospital okay. sequence. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, man. Especially the crawling part where um, I guess it's your... Uh, hallucination but you're following them around and it's it's it gets frustrating really really quick (laughs) and if it's long too (laughs) you got to keep doing it over and over again (laughs) yeah um but yeah so if you want to get that get that um like i said the dlcs haven't been the greatest thing in the world and they they haven't been getting positive reviews from like IGN and GameSpot so might not want to get that and just cherry pick what you want yeah especially for the costumes those seem to be the best part of it I and mean, then you can just play the yeah. whole game over again in different costumes plus dude you had to have the, the 89 Batmobile yeah I, I could not I could not <laughs> not get that <laughs> um, so yeah like, I guess we can move on to uh, Alex's email uh, or the conversation with Alex. And Alex says, Hey, bad fans. Last episode was great. Well, thank you, Alex. I was glad to hear Mark on the podcast. You guys had some interesting conversations that I could comment on. But that's not important right now. This might be ro- the wrong podcast to say this on. R- really, Alex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just went into like an hour and 15 minute conversation. About yeah. Before, before you go any further, Dane, I just got to say, Alex called this episode pretty much. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Before I read his email, I sent Dane the show notes about, uh, we're going to talk about the Force Awakens trailer. It's so awesome. Then Alex sends this email. So, <laughs> Alex, you are very wise. <laughs> yes. You know our podcast um, too well. But he says, this might be the wrong podcast to say this, but I'm now looking forward to episode seven more than Batman v Superman. I've seen a bunch of Batman slash Superman stories before, but this Star Wars movie will have a completely original story. Also, after seeing Mad Max, 
I have a renewed interest in practical effects. I'm assuming you guys see. I saw Mad Max, and I don't know. It was kind of a letdown to me. Mm. I mean, it was a good movie, but built up too much. You think for you? No, I thought the story was going to be a little better, but mm, it was still a good movie. I mean, the effects are really good. Mm-hmm. But he says, I'm assuming you guys saw the trailer too, right? Tim, did you see it? No, I think I missed it. Uh, oh, thanks oh, for well. reminding me, Alex. I'm going to go watch it right now. For the thousandth <laughs> time. <laughs> um, it seems like the story is about the hunt for Luke Skywalker, and that is pretty darn awesome. Um, I'm glad that the trailer confirmed that the Peekaboo Stormtrooper <laughs> that still cracks me up. is actually a real Stormtrooper, not a guy using the suit as a disguise. I'm looking forward to them using him to show some of the benevolent aspects of the Empire. It wasn't all evil, right? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> but of course, Alex always has some questions, uh, and they always stump us. But uh, his first question is, how much do you guys discuss Batman and Star Wars outside the internet? (laughs) You guys are all I have. Well, Alex, um, if you have a cell phone, if you have any, it doesn't even have to be a smartphone. Tim and I have very lengthy, very long, very philosophical conversations, and we'd be willing to include you in these conversations. Right, Tim. And those philosophical discussions are pretty much about Star Wars and Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty much all Batman and Star Wars. So it's all we talk about. Yeah, even not much. online. Oh, I pretty much all I mostly talk about with my brothers too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the second question is, what was your favorite part of the episode seven trailer? My favorite scene is nothing new. I like seeing Luke with her too. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's something about hearing Kylo Ren's dialogue saying he's going to continue yeah. what Vader started and then seeing the Vader mask. I still get chills every time I hear that. It's so cool. Yeah, for me, it's got to be, like I said, the um, Finn and Kylo Ren in the forest, in that dark forest. Yeah, that setting is so cool. I just love how it's in a forest and it's snowing. It's like you're combining Hoth and Endor together. (laughs) And how they revealed it, too, in that first season trailer. Yep. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty safe to assume that's going to be the final act of the movie. Yeah. Uh, But his his third and final question. (laughs) This is where Alex knew our show before we even got going. (laughs) Because he nailed it. What was the better trailer, BVS or Star Wars? Star Wars for me, the acting and cinematography seem much better to me. Yeah, well, you heard me how that would be Superman just scratched it out, just a nod, <laughs> just for <laughs> yeah, seeing those two iconic characters together and being how I wanted it to be was so cool. So yeah, just and slightly. he concludes his email by saying thanks, Alex. But Alex, uh, we we have a question for you. Should we name our podcast Alex? Not the Alex podcast. Not Alex podcast. Not, you know, the Batfan Alex podcast. Just Alex. Do we have your permission? Because you seem to be our most consistent listener. So what do you think about that, Alex? Uh, so, yeah. So yeah th- thank you, Alex, for sending in your email. We always enjoy reading them, right, Tim? As always, best part of the show. 
Yep, that's part of the show. So, <laughs> but now you're creating the show, or <laughs> the show what is we're going to talk show. about before you yeah. even hear it. He is the show. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, th- thank you, Alex. We love you as always. Uh, but now we can get on to what Tim has. <laughs> no. Um, what I have in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, who used to be on the show. He has an email. I mean, not an email. He has a voice message for us. Pretty much gushing about all of his toys, right, Tim? <laughs> yeah, was, uh, Rob's chiming in on our, I think it was two episodes ago, where we were talking about our favorite Batman toys. And yeah. we knew that was right up Rob's alley, <laughs> even when we were talking about on the, on the episode. So he wanted yeah. to chime in with it. And as he said, it probably would have been too long of an email to type it all out so he sent us a voice recording of some of his favorites so yeah it's 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 about seven hours so yeah. <laughs> just make sure you clear your schedule for this <laughs> yes yeah, no, no because i was um i was giving him crap on our twitter saying like i imagine your house is like one of those hoarder houses <laughs> that you know is completely filled from you know floor to ceiling with trash Except it's it's actually useful things, which which are action figures. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of stuff, but it's Batman figures, so it's all. It's Batman figures, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and play Rob's message right now. Hey guys, I thought I would uh, chime in as a former co-host of the show. I heard you talking about the favorite Batman toys, and I thought it was a great episode, and I like what you guys are doing, and I thought I would share some of my favorites since you gave me a shout-out. Yes, I am a huge uh, action figure collector, so I sent some photos to you guys, and uh, either you guys can or I'll put them up on the Facebook page so you can kind of see some of my uh, collection. And and, kind of like Tim said, probably with me, it's going to be really hard hard to pick uh, one of my favorite figures that are kind of like all my kids. So trying to narrow it down just for some of these pictures here, um, it's going to be really hard to do. So I just, I grabbed a few that I currently really like at the moment and I'll just kind of go through them. Um, a lot of them are DC collectibles uh, that you're kind of seeing here. If you're looking at the pictures going from uh, left to right, uh, the new 52, Tim Drake, of course, I was going to have uh, Red Robin there. Um, I love that figure. It's one of my favorite new 52 figures. Um, just ahead of him is the Batman Arkham City 5-pack Bruce Wayne. It's uh, been quite a while since we've ever had a proper Bruce Wayne action figure, and this one just meets my expectations. Uh, the only way you can get him is in the Arkham 5-pack, but he is a well worth it and uh, is just a, a great figure. Uh, back behind him is the Red Hood figure uh, from uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, loved his character design. It's actually my favorite design of... Um, a red hood, even in the uh, comics, it kind of blends uh, the Grant Morrison uh, red hood figure or the red hood character in with the uh, comic series. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, the big Robin that you see back there is a 12 inch DC direct figure that a uh, subscriber of mine off of YouTube gave me. So uh, that makes it even sweeter that it came from somebody else's personal collection that sent it to me being a Robin fan. Uh, probably one of my favorite Batman figures is in the front there is the Batman Incorporated, the DC Direct figure. Um, it's probably my favorite bat suit, along with one other one that I'll have um, at the very end of the uh, pictures that I'm uh, 
kind of talking over here. Um, I forgot to grab him for the photo, so he's going to be at the end. Uh, but the uh, Batman Incorporated suit is kind of the step into the uh, New 52 costume. I really miss the uh, yellow oval with the bat, and I liked it in the Incorporated suit that the oval lit up, so I thought that was really cool. Um, probably my favorite uh, Robin Tim Drake figure is the uh, Batman and Son uh, Tim Tim Drake Robin that came with the Damian Wayne figure that you see posted uh, in the picture right in front of uh, Robin. So those that was the very first Damian Wayne figure ever made, and uh, this Tim Drake uh, Robin costume and his one year later costume is just a, a, a fantastic figure. I highly recommend it if you can get a hold of it. And then one of my first uh, Play Arts Kai figures is the. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins, uh, Dick Grayson Robin. I think that's just a, a great, a great uh, figure. And uh, this is the hyper-articulated figure. Um, it's really cool. And uh, don't get too many Robin stuff in the uh, Play Arts Kai, so I thought that was really pretty cool. And then uh, the next picture I'm talking about here are some figures that I heard uh, Tim and Dane talk about as being some of their favorites, and I happen to have some of those as well. Uh, the very first ever uh, Tim Drake Robin figure that came in the Batman Returns line. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Dane, I believe this is the Bane figure you were talking about. It's the Batman animated series Bane. And uh, next to Bane is Batman and Robin from the Superpowers Kenner line. And I think this is the figure you were talking about, Tim, that uh, was probably one of your first Batman figures that you played with, and you weren't sure what line it was, what's the superpowers, where you squeeze the legs, and then they have some articulation. And behind all four of them is the Batmobile from the very same line. And I think, Tim, you said you were playing with that as well. So, yes, I do happen to have those. And then some other photos here, some other favorite figures. Of course, Tim, I had to put some of my Batman animated series figures in here. And I have almost the whole entire collection of the animated series figures uh, from way back in the 90s. A great show, and it was great to uh, dig these figures out. So there are Batman and Robin from the first series, and then Batman and Robin from the new Adventures of Batman. And Tim, both you guys uh, were talking about, and Dane especially, was there anybody that was buying the Batman and Robin and Batman Forever figures? Um, as you could tell, I did, and I bought a lot of those as well. Um, I heard both of you say that they didn't have any really good figures of Batman and Robin from Batman Forever. As you could see, uh, the last two figures at the very end, these are the last two figures that Kenner released, and these were part of the movie line where uh, they are made to look exactly like the movie. Uh, the Robin R is a little bit different if you can zoom in on it. Uh, for whatever reason, when the uh, figures went into production for the whole entire toy series. They hadn't decided on the Tim Drake R until uh, the very end of the uh, production. So when the toys were manufactured, Kenner just kind of created their own Robin logo. So it's the only thing that kind of disappoints me about those. And then this shot here is all of my uh, new 52 uh, action figures. And uh, I love each and every one of these. It's great to see the collection just slowly grow over time. And uh, as you can tell, almost everybody is here. I could uh, spend all day just naming all of them, but uh, I think you can kind of zoom in and look. Uh, down below the shelf, you can kind of see the black and white Jim Lee um, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive that a friend of mine picked up for me, so that's very cool. And then the top shelf, you see the 1966 Mattel Batmobile with Penguin, Robin, Batman, and Catwoman. And then behind uh, them, just off to the right, is the new Batman animated series. I have Batman and Robin. And then uh, Little Gotham Batman and Damian Wayne right there. 
And then the last uh, figure is one I forgot to put in there is the New 52 Earth 2 uh, Bruce Wayne Batman figure. Um, I love the design that Jim Lee came up with this, and right now is probably one of my favorite Batman costumes, again, with the Batman Incorporated suit. So... Yes, I've been a big action figure collector my whole entire life, and uh, Tim, I've got Star Wars toys from way back when I was a kid, clear back to the original Star Wars toys from the 80s that I think you could just spend uh, hours going through my toy collection. So I wanted to share that with uh, you guys, the Bat fans, and sorry, it was a little late getting into this uh, episode. Time got away from me, of course, you know, doing my other podcasts that I'm involved in, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, and then Batman Eternal podcast here on the Batman uh, universe. Sorry for the shameless plug, but uh, it's uh, funny to go and uh, be part of a YouTube uh, community with some friends of mine to know that, hey, there's other people out there that are uh, buying toys and action figures still from the time that they were six or seven up till, you know, we're in our 40s now, some of us. And, you know, I've bought some of the new uh, Star Wars figures from uh, the Black Series for uh, The Force Awakens and then some other things here or there. Primarily, I stay with uh, Robin and Batman, and uh, Dane hit it right on the head. Yes, I, a lot of my favorite Batman figures are obviously going to be Robin. And the Batman Arkham figure series is another one that I uh, like a lot, that I have quite a few of those. Just a, a fun, cool hobby, along with you know collecting comic books and uh you know, for people that uh, say, oh, I can't believe you're collecting action figures, that I'll go to somebody that maybe like, that say, oh, I don't know, the New York Yankees, and you've got hats and posters and pins and baseballs and gloves and signed programs. I'm like, it's the same thing. Everybody kind of collects something, and um, just because you collect toys doesn't mean that, you know, oh, you never grew up. The uh, toys just get better with age, I think, and uh, it's just fun to be able to share uh, my collection with people. And I, once I saw what this episode was entitled, uh, I instantly uh, was just glued to hear to see what you guys say and, and, and knowing that I was having uh, some of the same figures that you guys had. So hopefully you enjoyed this and that you uh, saw some stuff in here that you have or maybe uh, wished you got or just uh, some stuff that may make you want to go out and get some other things. So um, thanks again and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, so thank you, Rob, for your your seven hour manifesto about every <laughs> single toy that you've ever collected in your entire life. Not only that, but what your wife's collected, uh, all the all the toys that your wife has collected throughout her life, um, the history of of toys in general <laughs> since its in- inception to the current day, and your. Uh, your uh, PhD thesis on how the quality of the toys are better suited for people that are playing with them uh, as kids. <laughs> how cool like, would it be, though, <laughs> if you get a PhD in that, though? If that's the case, yeah, I what, think Rob should definitely go for it. What's your... What's your thesis... What's the class for, though? Like engineering or something? <laughs> They're just okay. the value in well-made toys and action figures. I mean, there's yeah, yeah, some comics, so maybe there should be one on toys. Yeah, but if you do one on, like, I don't know, the the heart, the, the one of the blood vessels or, <laughs> you know, something like that, one of the muscles in the heart, a specific muscle in the heart, it's going to be because you're going to be a heart surgeon or something. I think you, there's 
there can be a way to get an action figure or toy class. I'm sure Rob can <laughs> in figure a, it out. In a university. But I'm yeah. sure Rob can f- figure like, Yeah, make it happen, out. Rob. I think Michael Uslan got the whole comic book class uh, started. You should be the first one to get the action figure class started. <laughs> that should be your new goal. <laughs> Well, there's a class for everything nowadays, isn't there? Exactly. It's like a Seinfeld class, a Breaking Bad class. So why not one for toys? Or better yet, just Batman toys. Yeah, just specifically now, it's Batman toys. I don't know who you're going to help. I don't know who you're gonna, who's going to show up to this class. but Believe me, there'll be people thinking it'll probably be an easy course, but yet it's going to be more than they're bargained for. Oh, yeah, really especially if Rob's your teacher. You know, break <laughs> the materials, where the materials came from, what, what plant... Or how, how the, you know the um, the toy was created. Every little brush of the of the paint on the toy, every little screw, and how <laughs> yeah. the screw was made. <laughs> what kind of class to ace? What kind of steel the screw is made out of? <laughs> <laughs> so the quality of the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, Rob also sent us uh, images of all the toys he was talking about in his audio messages, or his message. It was the ones that we were talking about, too, where I said how that uh, first Tim Drake Robin action figure from the Batman Returns line, he had a picture of that with the Bane figure you were talking about, and those two old-school Batman and Robin toys. It was cool seeing them again in the image you sent, Rob, because they actually have limbs, arms, and legs, unlike my figures. <laughs> you kept them in pristine condition. So your setup's really awesome, too. So I'll go ahead, once the episode goes up, uh, tweet out these images or post them on Facebook so everyone can check them out, because Rob has an impressive collection. <laughs> that one shot where there's all the toys on the shelf with other DC characters like Darkseid and that Robin... Uh, Tim Drake, classic Tim Drake, Robin costume in there. Just a really cool setup. So thanks yeah. for the message, Rob, and thanks for sending the pictures, too. It was cool to see those figures that we were talking about, but yet I'd have to go digging in, like, <laughs> boxes and uh, shelves or uh, just containers looking for them, but I can see them all right here. So that's just cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And I wish I, I wish I could do what he does, but I don't know. I just can't do it. Plus who? Yeah. You know, I... Yeah. His his wife must be really cool with it because like if I did that like because I've seen where he keeps his toys it's like a whole shelf of them, um, and my girlfriend would kill me if I did that. So <laughs> he made a good point too though in his message where he says how there might be some people who look down and like how can you be still collecting toys at your age and all that but yet oh no no way <laughs> <laughs> he gives the example like some like. He, he uses a, a Yankees fan as an example. I think it's a knock on me, Rob. Just saying. <laughs> but he said how you could have like baseball memorabilia and stuff, and it's almost the same thing. I mean, you don't grow out of it. They're still collectibles. You put them on display. I mean, maybe if you're still actively playing with your toys <laughs> like you were with a kid, then maybe that look a little strange. But when you have them as collectibles and you have them on display, I mean, what's wrong with that? It's just cool to have them out there. And like you said, Rob, they're being made now, at least some toys anyway, better than ever. So... No one should not yeah. toy collecting. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're into what you're into, and exactly. You know, two people that do a Batman podcast every Friday night, almost every Friday night, yeah. <laughs> and talk about comic books can't really judge you. Oh uh, heck no! Uh, we should probably be judged I mean, more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I said. I think it's cool, man, because like. 
just like all the different versions that he has of these toys of like I don't know let's say Red Robin since you know he does a Robin podcast it's it's fascinating it's interesting and it's just the way he talks about it because I've seen his his uh his show on YouTube yeah and you can tell like he's really 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 passionate about it so which is why he should start the class <laughs> yeah so good on him yeah but uh, um, before he actually, yeah. in another email he sent, he wanted to chime in on some of the current comics that are going on right now because I haven't heard him talk about comics in a while. So he wanted to let us know which ones he's liking, which was Robin's Son of Batman. He said he loved what Gleason is doing. I would agree. It's not the best Batman book out there, but it's been consistently solid. I've just been hit and miss on reading it on time, so that's my problem. But then Teen Titans, which I haven't read in forever, he says it's much better now since they had their DCU relaunch. Then he goes Batman Beyond. He wants to know how I feel about this book because he said it took Tim Drake becoming Batman to get me into the Batman Beyond universe. He says it's good, and he's glad that he's also still read Robin in the current books. Well, if you notice, since I've only reviewed the first two issues of Batman Beyond, I dropped it. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. It wasn't the Batman Beyond story I was hoping it would be. I mean, I was willing to give Tim Drake a chance, but I just couldn't get into it. So, if, hey, Rob, if that's your way into the Batman Beyond universe, hopefully it'll make you go watch the show and get fully into it. So if it has that effect on you, I think it's a win. Then he says Grayson. He says he didn't want to like it, but I do. Batgirl, he says he picks it up off and on. And then Batman Arkham Knight and Arkham Knight Genesis. He says uh, they're fantastic, and he can't say enough good things about them. If you love the game series and like Tomasi's run of Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin, you'll love this. That's something I think eventually I'd want to read, but if only I had money to buy every comic <laughs> that looks interesting, I'd be good. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And he says Batman and Robin Eternal, two issues in, it's already better than Batman Eternal. But that's good to know, but I'm still not getting suckered into that just yet. <laughs> like I said, maybe if it comes out and it ends up being good, I'll get it in a trade. But right now, I'm still holding off on getting fully invested in it. And Justice League says, Johns and Faybark are crushing this book. Batman has a new god. What? <laughs> Is his response. And I would agree with that. I'm two issues behind. I went to the comic shop. wasn't in my pull list, so I didn't pick it up. And then the next week I went there, they were all sold out. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and pick up the latest Justice League. And then Justice League America, really good, he says, and very surprised by it. And he finishes by saying, as you can tell, I dropped Batman. I just can't get behind the Gordon Batman. I'll probably pick it up in a trade. I just want Bruce back. I know he will be soon enough. If it were one of the Robins, a Batman would feel like a more logical choice. Dick as Batman again. He could hide in plain sight. And Snyder did say that his first thought was Tim, but they did that with Batman Beyond, so he went with Gordon. Just doesn't work for me. What's next, Alfred? <laughs> you never know, maybe. But he says, anyways, thanks and enjoy the picks, which we did. So, cool. Good to hear from you again, Rob. Good to know what your take on the current run of DC comic books are. This looks like, as with most fans, it's still hit and miss with some. But, yeah, as you can hear with my reviews with Batman, uh, the Snyder book, you can <laughs> get, I guess, get a pretty good taste of see what's going on. And then... I should uh, check in with you again for Batman Eternal. We'll kind of go back and forth on that. <laughs> so it's, those are kind of the opposites on the books we're getting and not getting. So, uh, yeah, good to hear from you, Rob. So hopefully we'll hear from you again soon. All right, yeah, thank you, Rob. Um, but now we can get on to our comic book reviews. Yes. And like we Speaking of say, Batman, oh, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet nobody saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Just like they couldn't see coming our Episode 7 trailer talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, like we say at the beginning of every episode, if you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to read your books and then come back to this part later. Because uh, this episode, we're going to review uh, Detective Comics number 45 and Batman number 45. Uh, and a rating scale for this episode is going to be... Uh, I thought you had something planned uh, in. You're just going to no, throw I it didn't. out. No, <laughs> I didn't. How about toys stuffed into every single room in Rob's house? <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and start with Detective Comics number 45. This one, we're starting with uh, Tomasi's run on the book, and right away it starts off with a pretty gruesome uh killing scene where you got these uh, people at a sporting event. It looks like it's a hockey game. And they're just cheering on and then you see water start coming from underneath their feet and then it starts rising up to them and you just see it like going over the head almost like in a fishbowl shape. Then you just see their eyes being squeezed out of their sockets. This looks like a gruesome scene. Then you see the eyes floating in those uh, bubbles that are in their head. It's, <laughs> it almost looks like snail eyes just floating in there. Sometimes you see some of them that are fully out of people's sockets and some of them that are still like being stretched out. And then by then, you just see a pool of water with eyeballs in there. And you see a bunch of dead bodies with eyes missing from their sockets. It's like, it was pretty gruesome. It was like, wow. Just when you think you can, oh, like the crazy death sequences you've probably seen in comics, I didn't see this one. <laughs> it was a strange way to start off the book. But um, the main thrust of this book, at least the section that I really enjoyed, is where we get the Justice League paying a visit to Bruce Wayne, who still doesn't have his memory. And we just get a great sequence here with Wonder Woman coming, because they, they need his help. There's a threat coming, and they need Batman on this, which is pretty cool knowing that with all the powerful Justice League members on the team, they still need Batman, who has no superpowers, but great detective skills. I think it's what they're looking for here. So Alfred tries to talk to them, saying like he's not the same man. This Batman you're looking for is not here. Then Wonder Woman's all, let me just use... Let me talk to him, and then I can use the lasso of truth to kind of see if the Bruce Wayne we need is really there or not. So that was my favorite moment of the book, seeing Bruce and Diana interact with the lasso of truth on him. Because then Diana just asked these simple questions. Because Bruce knows that he would work with the Justice League in some capacity, I think just through funding and stuff, and that's it. And then like, Diana's asking, you have no memory of meeting any of the Justice Leagues prior to tonight, like not even Superman, Batman? He says, nope. All I know is like from what I read online and from what I read on the news. And he goes, oh, and please accept my condolence on the loss of your fellow leaguer, Batman. Like it was a terrible. I know how much like it was to Gotham. The blow was to Gotham and it was to you. And Wonder Woman's all like, uh, thank you. Yes, it was a hard blow. So just reading that, which is so weird and cool at the same time that this is a state like the status where Bruce is at right now and just how important Batman is to the team so just a great interaction between him and Wonder Woman that I really liked and Wonder Woman realized that this Bruce Wayne can't help him and they just gonna have to go somewhere else the only thing that problem I had with that was you only needed Superman and Wonder Woman in the sequence you had all whole Justice League there you had like Shazam Aquaman and the Flash or it was pretty much just Wonder Woman and Superman who did the talking, and to Bruce anyway, just something a little overkill to have the whole Justice League there. But then we get the sequence with Gordon actually finally having a day off, going to, uh, it's like a, it's not a Major League Baseball game, but just like a baseball game with kids in the park. It's kind of cool to see him enjoy life without Batman for a second, but, you know, as always does for Batman, he's needed when he's trying to, well, he's 
some peace and quiet and relax. So he gets called in by Julia saying there's some jets uh, on the loose and this about to fire that are mis- armed with missiles and Batman has to go take him down in his suit. And I have to say, I really like the artwork in this issue. I mean, pretty much this used to seeing uh, what Greg Capullo does with the Batman new bat suit and what we got in the previous detective comics. But I actually think um, the artist here, uh, Marquio Takara, uh, his design of the Batman, it looks really cool. I mean, I just like how to me, it, I think it looks better even than Capullo's as far as the suit and his, how it fits his particular art style just has this a cooler sleek. I mean, it's not that much different, but just the way he brings it out, it has a more mech feel to it that has what I want to say like anime style to it, but I don't know. This is something about his design of it that really stood out to me more than what I've seen before. This new bat suit, I thought it looked really cool on this issue. So Batman realized that the pilots of these jets are being mind controlled, and he's able to stop one, but he gets fired on by another. But then the Justice League comes and helps him out. You got Aquaman, Superman, and Wonder Woman taking down the other ship, and it's revealed that Mad Hatter has been controlling these pilots with mind control, just trying to get them to take down Batman. But then. Once Batman deals with Mad Hatter, the Justice League talked to him how they need him, and he's kind of like, "You sure you want me? Like I'm just really a cop who's not have like the same. Who goes this is above my pay grade? <laughs> like I don't have the same experience as the previous Batman." But they're saying, you know, they know he brings a certain skill set to the table that the previous Batman would, which is being a de- detective, which Gordon was. So they want to use that. So as B- Gordon agrees, they stick a teleporter on him and they transport. Uh, to, I don't know if it's another planet or just another part of the Earth, but it's like a snow uh, mountain peak where there's a skeleton of this big, like, hu- like humanoid skeleton laid in the snow, buried, but you can see it's really big. So, curious to see what that's all about. Since I'm not reading every DC comic tie-in, I'm not sure if this is being established in another book or not, So, or if this is just brand new for this story. But either way, I'm intrigued. I like the stuff with Bruce's interaction with the Justice League and now Gordon being brought up to the big league, so to speak, with the Justice League. So I'm going to give this one four and a half or no, maybe just four. Four out of five uh, Batman figures that stuff along Rob's house. Did I get that right or did I miss something? <laughs> I feel like I missed a part of it. Um, what is it? Uh, action figures that are Stuffed in every room of Rob's house. That's what it was. It there was, was four yeah. out of five Batman action figures that are stuffed in every room in Rob's house. That's what <laughs> I get, detectives. Okay, I got it. <laughs> All right, Batman number forty-five. This one picks off. I forgot <laughs> almost because it's been two months since we had that flashback issue with issue forty-four, which was awesome. Which I didn't get a chance to ask you last episode, Dan, because you had to leave. Did you ever read Batman forty-four? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, you gotta read it. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm reading it this this weekend because okay. last weekend I was busy. <laughs> yeah, now see, now I'm worried that it's been built up too much for you. Like it's gonna be what Uh-oh. Max was, <laughs> where you're gonna <laughs> think of something really great and go, yeah, it was good, but you guys built it up too much for me. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, Batman showed up and did this. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it won't have that effect on you, but Okay. Anyways, we're back to the current timeline with Gordon as Batman. And uh it picks up where he was stuck he was up going up against this gang that has been using uh, uh Bloom's uh enhanced powers with those seeds. So uh I forget what their the name of that gang was, but they had like these devil horns on them. I think they're like the devil pigs or something like that. It was some corny name, but Batman was stuck in a furnace without his mech suit. 
Uh, he just had his regular suit on, and Julia was knocked out, so he has to fight his way out and deal with these other monsters that were in this aquarium that... I think I said this when I reviewed Batman 43, but it had a, like a laughing fish vibe as far as being in an aquarium with sharks and all that. But it looks like Gordon was going to get overmatched by these criminals who are enhanced with those powers, but then he finds out the bat suit has a new upgrade where it can kind of be not remotely controlled, but it has a program where it can run on its own. Uh, I think Gordon called it like the partner mode where he can issue a command and do what he says without him actually being in the suit, which is pretty cool. I like the name that he gave it, that it was a partner mode. <laughs> and he calls it Rookie now, which I like calling this, giving the suit a little more personality, so to say. So that was cool. And then we get the moment where stuff with Bruce and uh, Julie Madison, who are, they're kind of go over, over go looking out over all the stuff that Joker used in that parade he had in Endgame where he took all the trophies Batman had in the Batcave and Joker-fied them, <laughs> so to speak. So Bruce is looking at the Tyrannosaurus Rex in the Batcave that has the Joker smile on it. He's trying to get this out of Gotham, but through like certain uh, legal stuff that the city has, he's not able to remove any of it, and it has to stay in the the part of Gotham where he has his like children foundation set up where all these kids go like he wants to get it out of there so the kids don't have to look at all that stuff but there's a little bit of here which was kind of cool we see a little bit of like the Batman memory coming back to Bruce because he was kind of he makes a point to Julie Madison saying like like the old Bruce Wayne because he's talking about how in the Batman annual we talked about last episode where he went to Wayne Manor but it didn't feel right for him to live there it wasn't his house. It wasn't who he was anymore. It was kind of saying that that Bruce Wayne, my parents' deaths, it did something to him. It's like behind the mission, he didn't really exist. So there's like a little bit of that Batman part of him's creeping out. I wonder if it's going to be built on later on where it's going to fully come out. And like we all know Bruce is going to come out because Batman. But part of me thought the seeds have been planted right here where it's starting to come out a little bit. And then uh, the rest of the issue, Gordon goes back to me back with powers his boss and she and this kind of took me by surprise where it's like she says oh yeah we're gonna have to fire you <laughs> took gordon by surprise too what because she developed this whole thing this is the part that kind of dragged for me a little bit she's going on this whole explaining they just discovered a new element she has this big periodic table on the floor that they're walking on she tells gordon how uh what he did um like past instances where kind of didn't really do his job that he needed to do as far as like not containing criminals or just doing what he needed to do as Batman working for power so she needs uh, someone else to step up and to use this new element and that she's going to use to create more weapons and a better suit for a new Batman and she wants Gordon to pick the new Batman because she discovered a new element I think they're calling it like or Gordon calls it Batmanium <laughs> 206 giving it like this little cheesy name and so yeah i'm flipping through it right now i'm trying to remember the reason why she fired him it was, she goes the devil pig scene i guess that's what that gang was called the devil pig i knew it was something cheesy like that so they said it was all over the news and it didn't look good so that's why she has to remove gordon and she wants him to kind of give a press conference announcing his retirement and to get someone else and then we get another moment here which uh played into previous issue or two issues ago where um, Duke uh, went back to Daryl, who is the one who works with Julia and Batman kind of being like his uh, go-to uh, people he communicates with when he's on his mission and who works his suit and all that. Duke comes out and gives him the bloom seed that he took, that Gordon gave Bruce 
at the Children's Center. Duke took that from Bruce's locker and he gave it to Daryl to kind of see, uh, kind of figure it out, like what's the use of it. Because Daryl, I actually missed this in Batman 44. He was the one who actually uh, was a uh, the cousin who the whole murder mystery story that went on with Batman 44. He was, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, Dane, but he was involved with that and he gave Bruce some information on uh, Mr. Bloom and that story. So I won't go into too much, but he played it with that too, which I completely missed when I was reviewing Batman 44. So it was cool that it's tied in with a character we know who's working with Gordon in this story. So um, it turns out, then we cut back to Bruce and Julie Madison at the Children's Center and all that stuff he wanted to get rid of that the Joker ruined. He's actually using it to create kind of like a park for the kids. He's like, that Tyrannosaurus Rex is now a slide. He's created a merry-go-round and swings as a Joker card on there. So I figured if he can't get rid of that stuff, he'll make good use of it, kind of like he did in the Batcave, just having him display those trophies. And then the issue ends with that the press conference with Gordon about to announce his retirement. But then Julia's kind of talking him out of it. He was saying, like, you should fight for your job. Like, uh, show him that you really are the right person to be Batman. But as she's about to call Gordon up, uh, the a big like aircraft starts coming behind Powers as she's making the announcement for Gordon. And Gordon tries to make his way up there because she doesn't see it. And he's like telling everybody to get down. And he tells uh, Rookie, which I'm going to call the Batsuit now since that's what he calls it, like to take a knee and kind of give him a boost to save Powers. And just as he knocks her down from the podium, the ship comes crashing in. And then you just see more gruesome death sequences with these long... Mr. Bloom fingers just just going through people's eyes, chest, and bellies, and everything, just killing a lot of people in there. And you just see Mr. Bloom come out, just like uh, classic villain nine. Where's everyone going? The party's just getting started, and that's where it ends. So I thought this issue was okay. I felt the drag a little bit in the middle with uh, Powers telling Gordon he needs to retire, and. the Bruce stuff was okay. I thought it was better in Detective, but I just think overall Detective was a better story with Gordon than what's went on in this issue. So I'm going to give this one three out of five Batman action figures that are stuffed in every room in Rob's house. So not as good as I think Detective has been with Gordon as Batman. Even the previous Detective story arc, I think I like that aspect of showing how the police force dealt with Gordon and that whole situation with him as Batman. And now we're seeing it with how he's going to be with the Justice League. So I think I've been enjoying Detective a little more than Batman. I think they've done a better job doing this new status quo with Gordon as Batman. To me, anyway, I find it a little more interesting than what's going on in the main storyline. Because I think the Bruce stuff is what I'm most curious about to find out what Snyder's doing with him. Like I said here, he's getting the little seeds of his memory as Batman coming back or sensing a little something that's off. And I just can't wait to find out what's going to be the moment that brings him back into Batman. And I'm sure that's going to be the story Snyder will tell. So... We'll see where everything goes with Mr. Bloom, but this one was just good, but not great. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the very, very end of our show. Right, Tim? It's that time again. we got to say goodbye. We have to say goodbye, but before we say goodbye, we should probably say that you should go over to the BatmanUniverse.net Follow the Batman Universe on Facebook.com slash the Batman Universe or follow them on Twitter. Follow, yeah. No, no, I screwed up the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get it right. Twitter is where you follow people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Twitter handle is at Batman Universe. And you can follow us on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. 
And mine is at Dane Says Banana. And you can also find us on iTunes and rate and review us there. And we finally got our 14th review. Right, Tim? Um, yeah, which I know you were talking about it last night. The name sounded familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> we reviewed it, but it's a good review. So. Yeah, it's a positive review either way. So, uh, yeah, if you want to review us, uh, just go over to iTunes and just look for our podcast. And, well, I mean, if you found this podcast already, you probably already on iTunes oh you never know people have different ways of listening to podcasts oh yeah you're right it's iTunes just through the Stitcher maybe the page that it's posted on yeah the page so yeah just go over to iTunes and rate and review us um, and if you want to send an email to the show you can uh, email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com and you can uh, follow us on Twitter our Twitter handle is at batfans27 so with that Tim like we say at the end of every podcast We love you. We'll miss you. Uh, But we'll be back here doing this again. So just don't fret. Just know that if you feel alone in this world, Tim and Dave love you. So with that, we'll see you guys next time, everybody. See you later. Go watch the episode 7 channel. (laughs) (laughs) For the 10,000 times.